we like have been tricked into like this this wellness industry where it's like it's just a bunch of like external products and all these things yeah those things can help you feel better in the moment but long term there needs to be some sort of sustainable process that you have you're listening to life on hi-fi the podcast and i'm your host dominic justina We've opened the door to the vault, y'all, and found a very special episode recorded in 2021 about self-care. We were coming fresh out of the pandemic, and it's still relevant today. Let's get into it. What has your life on Hi-Fi? Knowing who and whose I am, aka a woman of God, a daughter of the Most High, and just my love for my community is what has my life on Hi-Fi. It's honestly... Life just hits different uh, when you really have an understanding of who you are um, and what you actually believe in, because yes. otherwise it's yes. so easy to fall for the okie doke when you don't know, when you're not rooted, when you don't have a foundation. And it's just exhausting trying to fit into all these boxes and these expectations and all of this programming. Yep. Right? And so that bit <laughs> for fun, it just makes me excited to like, live my best life right because i, I have a yeah. foundation i have if i'm ever quote-unquote stuck i know like what to do where to go it's just a beautiful feeling um and i always one of my favorite scripture talks about letting your light shine and another one that talks about like not doing work in vain but for people who are like here to like who are going to benefit from it um and so I really do what I do because of community and, and people um, that have either um, been there for me or just thinking about younger, young ego actually, and thinking about what she needed in terms of community. And so um, just being, I love, I love having conversations about wellness. I love having conversations about self-care and community because I'm just like, imagine just a community of folks who are clear on who they are and are always prioritizing their wellness and always like being um prioritizing their wellness in, in ways that will support other people in the community it's just like a whole healthy community can you not how like how is that not beautiful i i feel like we've been like not trauma bonding but bonding over covid the fact <laughs> that i'm in it right now recovering and you're still like going through your recovery process i i'm glad we're both here though and that we're we're able to still function and live our lives and have what will be an amazing chat today about self-care. I feel like this is definitely a different season in my life where I really do have to, um, and this is, this is going to sound weird, but I'm going to add some more context to it, but I really do have to uh, quote unquote practice what I preach um, in a sense that I'm in a different, like, phase of my um wellness journey that I kind of have to start from scratch almost to like mm -hmm. lean into more people than I usually am like I usually am like I'm usually the person that people come to for stuff like that um but I'm in a space where I have to lean more on other people because like my body and <laughs> and just other other aspects of my life are just like you can't can't do this by yourself and what used to work is not going to work right now i'm doing well and i actually mean that um despite the recovering from covid despite like the uh feeling lethargic all the time i'm actually doing quite well 
Yeah, it's. I mean, it's really powerful when you can be going through that and still be like grateful and not fixated on like what's not going well. Um, are you the kind of person that you said you normally people come to you? Do you normally feel comfortable asking for help? It doesn't cause discomfort. I actually think that uh, from even when I was younger, I always wished that there were people that I could rely on. I think that but then I built this story that there weren't people that I could reach out to. And so it's not that it's uncomfortable. It's just remembering that now I do have people and that I have all these years, I've built a community of people and I, I've built relationships with people where I can lean on them. And it's just a matter of me remembering that. Um, but mm-hmm. definitely when I was younger, I wish I did have uh, people to be able to reach out to for help. Um, and so now it's just remembering. So growing up, um what was your relationship with self-care like I always practiced a form of self-care when I was younger I just didn't know to call it that or have the like understanding or the capacity to put the pieces together that's what I was doing um but as I mentioned I didn't always have the people to lean on yes there was physically people present in my life there was adults um in my life but um it didn't necessarily feel like they were um there for me I mean they did the best they could with what they knew and what like what they thought was the best thing to do Mm -hmm. um but I don't think that they were in the space to really understand what me or my sisters needed at the time and so um to like compensate for that as a kid I always used to be really like recluse and withdraw from folks and um, that really was my self-care to really kind of understand like, okay, what, like what is going on here? What options do I have? And what can I do with the, the resources and the options that I do have? And so I was having those conversations with myself as a kid. I didn't, again, I couldn't articulate this back then, but that's really what I was doing. And so people thought I was just like weird and I always wanted to be by myself, but that's what was happening when I was by myself, like kind of trying to piece it all together and make an actual plan based off of what I had. So um, I would say that was that was what self-care was for me, like when I was growing up. What do you mean by that? Like, I'm trying to think of like um, young you, little girl, you know, trying to figure out, you know, there are things missing. As you said, your parents didn't give you or didn't completely understand what you needed. Um, so what are some of the things like options that you were weighing at like that that age? Yeah. Um, I will say that uh, it wasn't necessarily my parents because we lived with different relatives. It's, it's a whole story there. Um, oh, okay. Before I do answer that question, I do want to clarify too that I have a very particular definition of self-care. So um, that might help with how I answer the rest of the questions. But uh, to me, self-care isn't just like a like a set of products or a day that you do this one thing so that you can relax more. Um, that is more so maintenance to me. Like it's kind of like uh I always use the car analogy when you put gas in your car that is like the that's not self-care that's the maintenance stuff you like that you you need that for it to be running right Mm -hmm. um but then when you get your oil changed and when you like wash your car consistently take you how you drive it you take care of it that is a self-care piece right and so the way that I now as an adult the way I define self-care is that it's um it's a right and responsibility first and foremost to yourself and then your broader community to know yourself, know better, and then do better. So when wait, I was- wait, hold on, pause. Can you say that <laughs> one more time? <laughs> I'm no just process. So, so self care uh, is 
it's a right and responsibility, right? So you have the right to self-care, but it's also an actual responsibility, right? You need to be able to hold yourself accountable at some point that your self-care is your responsibility. So it's a right and responsibility to yourself and then your community, but it's always to yourself first. Mm, it's the whole like put your um in on the air on the airplane, like put your mask on first before you put your mask on others. Exactly. Okay. Um, to know yourself, know better, and then do better. That's mm-hmm. what self care is. So again, back to the cars, like you have to understand what kind of car you got. You have to understand what like what the oil change situation looks like. You have to understand how often you need to bring it. Like if something happens or you have to understand like who you need to bring it to, all of those things is what self-care is. And so if you take it back to like an individual person, you have to know who you are first in order to understand what you actually need. When you know what you need and you have you have the capacity to like pay, figure out what resources you have on hand, then you can actually live a better life knowing all those pieces first. And so it's this constant journey of like, okay, who am I? What do I need? What do I know? And what can I do with what I have and know right now so that I can become a better person, right? Philosophically, that's what self-care is. But we like have been tricked into like this, this wellness industry where it's like, it's just a bunch of like external products and all these things. Yeah. Those things can help you feel better in the moment, but long-term there needs to be some sort of sustainable process that you have. So as a kid, what I would do is, okay, these are my circumstances right now. I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand why these adults in my life don't care for me the way that they're caring for their other children because we live with relatives at some point. Or I don't understand why these, these adults are making these decisions that are affecting me and makes me feel like this. So I'm going to take a step back. And I like literally would just like, I wouldn't play with the other kids or like I would just be in my room for longer than usual. Um, and I would just sit there and think I would like draw or write something out or be like, what, what's going on right now? How do I feel right now? I wasn't asking myself those questions, but I would write those things down. I would draw yeah. what I would rather feel instead. So like, this was me in those moments, like figuring out, okay, what's happening right now? How am I feeling about it? What would I, what do I want to see instead? If I don't like what's happening right now, what do I want to see instead? So I would like literally draw up what it looked like to like reunite with my father and what type of relationship we would have. So I would think about all of these things. And then in, again, I, I wasn't articulating this way. I'm only thinking about it now in retrospect, but then when um, I would draw those things up, I write those things down. I would try to figure out the best way for me to feel that even though I didn't have those things in that moment. So even though my, I wasn't living with my dad, what are like, what is that feeling that I, I would want to get when I do see my dad? Like, how can I like, like make up that feeling right now with what I have with the, the, the male figure that's in my life right now? Like he's not my father, but like, what, what can I ask of him? Or like, what can, what will make me feel like a presence of a father is in the home right now type thing. Right. So those are the things that I was doing back then. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of adults and grown people not doing that today. Yeah. I mean, I did have the moments where I just cried. And in those moments, that's what I needed to do. Um, mm. There was always some sort of like reflection. Okay. Like, what am I going to do next? Like, what's going to happen from this? So now I, I feel like this. I don't want to feel like this anymore. So like, what's the next step? So, okay, you've changed your name recently. Mm-hmm. And so um, 
you were at that time little ego and now you're older Yamina that's how you pronounce it right Yamina. okay what made you decide to change that name were you kind of doing away with the old you and like you know looking towards a newer you or taking control of your life what's the story behind that first and foremost uh I've, we've talked about this in, in in previous conversations but like everything I do is from a like biblical perspective and I like now that I've come into the understanding of like what exactly uh like my quote-unquote relationship with God is and and what I understand and what I actually believe um Mm -hmm. so that's usually always the basis for everything that I do uh and so just to briefly touch on that there's lots of scriptures and like people in the Bible whose names are changed uh, for a particular reason. And then, so I've always seen that as a, like, um, an evolution of where you are. And then it also ties in with like my, the culture that I was raised in, your name like usually means something, um, based off of like the circumstances your family's going through or like typically around that. And so you are named like whatever, like language you are usually, at least in my, my dad's culture, you are named, um, by your parents or your grandparents based off of those circumstances, right? And mm-hmm. so I still carry on that tra- tradition where I took on names that mean something to like the person that I am now. And so, yeah, that's that's pretty much the long and short of it all. It's just I've evolved into a completely different person with a completely different understanding. And so I picked names that that fit that. <laughs> that's awesome. What's your your dad's culture? Um, my dad is Nigerian. He, his tribe is from Delta. Um, and our tribe is called Urobo. Yeah. That's the language. Urobo, which is different from Yoruba. Yeah. Very different from Yoruba. So in Nigeria, there's like three main, uh, tribes and then each, uh, all the other tribes and like dialects and, um, languages are just uh, an amalgamation of those three. So. Oh, okay. Cool. I love learning more about um, culture. What are some of the changes that you've committed to, like with this new version of yourself? I have a better mm-hmm. understanding um, of like what I actually believe in, in um, and um, who like who God is to me, and 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 kind of the the connection to God, so to speak. A lot of folks are like, say like, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, but like, what does that actually mean? Um, and so for me, it's more so, okay, in understanding what my relationship with God is, what is the, what's the connection? Cause like with anything that you have, there's just some sort of like manual or like, how do you use this? Or how do you understand this? And usually most of the, the information and the knowledge that we get comes from like, books or a manual so to speak and so the bible is really that for me is that connection between me and god and so the more that i read the scripture the more i'm able to be like okay this is this makes sense to me paired up with things that are happened have happened historically right then it's like okay i can make these connections so that's one of the biggest changing changes just understanding what my belief system is and that really is the foundation for everything else that i do um other things is that i i carry my emotions very differently now I think I was very like outwardly um like I'm so angry woe is me why is this happening and all these people don't understand how to like 
do X, Y, and Z. Um, and now I'm a little bit more, or I, at least I strive to be a little bit more introspective um, and really understand what I'm feeling first before I sort of like, now I respond as opposed to react. Um, and so that's another change. Um, so I'm saying that because my middle name, uh, Salome, means peace, right? So <laughs> anyone that knew me like maybe not even like six or seven years ago, I used to be a very, very, very angry person. Um, and so that is definitely another big change. Um, and then there's some outward things like the way that I dress, the way that I speak um, has definitely evolved over the years. Do you believe, because you mentioned, okay, we are like when doing self-care, not just doing the one-off maintenance thing. Social media, I think, and we spoke about this before, Instagram has a very, very particular portrayal of self-care online. There is like the, there is the mask and the candles and the like spas and the- Wellness is a big, big, it's big business. It's like almost $4 trillion industry right now. And so I'm glad that more folks are talking about wellness and self-care and what that could look like. Um, but I am just a little weary that it is like people are falling for the okie doke and then they are putting- Falling for the what? <laughs> falling for the okie doke. And, <laughs> and then like literally 30 minutes later after the mask is off, they're going through whatever drama is happening in their lives, right? And so it's just like, what was that mask for? And it might end there for people. And then there's other folks who might be a little bit more curious and be like, okay, well, this didn't work for me. Let me like look, research more. So it's kind of like a catch 22 sometimes where it's it's a nice invitation sometimes. There are folks who are um, trying to shift that narrative now, which is great. And so- mm -hmm. Including yourself, I mean, as a wellness educator. Self-care isn't always this like nice thing. It's actually takes discipline. Yeah. to practice self-care and so oh. a lot of that discipline is like you actually putting in the work because I can tell you the steps that I take or like I, I can give you like lists of things to do and then if it doesn't work for you then you're gonna be like oh well you mean it told me this and it didn't work yes because it's a generic list of things to do like it's not gonna like every car doesn't run the same every computer doesn't run the same so why would you think that we all would just like automatically fit into this one routine you are busy and you're doing a lot and you're a creator i want to know from you if you think balance actually exists Short answer, no. Uh, I do want to say, backtrack a little bit. I don't like to say that I'm busy. I like to say that my plate is full. I'm very particular about like languaging because I don't want to be busy. I don't want to be like um, stressed out all the time. And so I try to say what, like I, I try to just be mindful of like uh, languaging. Uh, and so I like to say that my plate is full uh, and it is <laughs> almost always. Um, and, and that helps me look at it from a space of gratitude uh, but to answer your question no I don't think balance exists um whenever I think about balance it's like you know when uh when you're a kid and you're on the seesaw right mm -hmm. like it's more fun when it's like you're either going uh the person's going up basically and it's always like this when you're like this it's kind of boring and like nothing's happening like what's the point of that right yeah with the scale 
right? This is what balance would look like. You're just kind of like standing in limbo and nothing's really happening, right? That's not actually how life works. <laughs> There's always going to be something that needs to take precedent, right? And so if we just kind of go naturally with the flow of what life is supposed to be like, um, balance is great when you're thinking about like exercise and stuff and like <laughs> just needing to pause for the moment, but it's not sustainable to be quote unquote, have a balance. Um, instead, there should be harmony in your life in terms of like all of the different pieces and aspects of your life. But there are certain things that are always going to take precedent and you need to be able to focus on those things that are priority in those moments. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, the word harmony, something I got from my coach, makes more sense to me. Whereas like, there's always going to be different aspects of your life. In this day and age, everybody has a slash to their title or their responsibilities or their names. Like, you are this and this. You're an artist and 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 whatever I have you right. And so, we like that's just the reality and the nature of life. You're always going to have multiple roles and responsibilities that you have to play. You cannot. You literally cannot do them all at once. Yeah. So there yeah. is working towards balance is just uh, you're setting yourself up for failure, and it's not sustainable. And so thinking about your life in terms of the different areas is how can this all of this work in harmony and harmony can look very different on a different like on different days but it's just a matter of like what's priority today what's priority in the next couple hours uh, let me focus on that and then I can move on to the next thing when I think about balance I think of like okay it's going to be a perfect well we're striving towards perfection where everything is like the same and equal amount of importance and you just have to kind of figure out the best formula to make it all fit together and be that way all the time and it's really hard that's what that's why I think when people talk about balance even like work-life balance it, it just always feels like this thing that you can't really attain so you're like always striving for it and hey maybe that's because it's not real you said harmony can look different as well but like can you share a little bit more about that concept of harmony as opposed to balance yeah um so it's kind of two concepts that I've mixed in here. So one, like I mentioned, my coach always says that like how, like what your life looks like in harmony in terms of like all of these pieces work well. I can't remember the podcast at the time or at this time, sorry, but the, um, the woman's name is, I don't know how to say her name, Lysunda? I really hope I'm saying it right. But she, anyways, it doesn't matter her title, but I got it from this person. I really wanted to be able to like credit her, but I literally cannot remember her name, uh, her last name. Uh, I think she works with Chase Bank. I think she still does. Um, okay. But anyways, she mentioned that your life is like, she looks at her life in portfolios, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's that idea that like, there's different areas of your life and um, the percentage of like the, what they mean in your life as a whole doesn't necessarily matter. It just depends on the day or the season or the time that you're working on it, right? And so you can never be at 100% with all of your portfolios. You can maybe be at 80% with one of your portfolios and be at 20% with the rest of them because you're prioritizing that, that one portfolio in that time, right? And so when you say that, when you think about that, like my... Um, coaching business is 20% is of my portfolio right now. So that is what I'm focusing mostly on. Doesn't mean that the rest of my life doesn't exist. It just means that I'm putting 20% of my energy towards that for, for the time being. Thinking of it in that way is like 
my life doesn't fall apart because I'm focusing on this one thing and the other things suffer. It just means that maybe the people around me are clear on, okay, this is my priority right now. And so you might see me a little bit less or like, let's figure out a way to like work um, things so that um, everyone's taken care of, but like, just know that I won't physically be the person to support you in this time because I'm focusing on this. Having that communication really helps you again, that, and that works in part with the harmony piece. Having that communication helps folks helps you and the people in your life know that, okay, this is priority right now. And let's come up with a system so that you don't feel like you're being neglected, but at the same time, know that I have to focus on this one thing. I hope mm-hmm. that makes sense, but that that's kind of- Yeah, I like, I like the, I'm a very visual person. So when you give examples like that, it's so easy to visualize literally folders. This folder right here is like the one I'm really focused on right now for this season. And you know what? That's fine because life is dynamic. We are dynamic. We don't stay the same. And so if your priorities change, that's nothing to be ashamed of. Like, you know, but I like I also love the fact that you said understand that and then communicate it to others so that they understand. Because if you don't and already like sometimes prioritizing ourselves and our wants is hard enough. Um, then other people come in not knowing that you have business going on and disrupt your business. And then you might not even like know exactly how to say no. You might not be the best. You might be a people pleaser. You might end up disregarding the portfolios you need to pay attention to in that moment. And then it's just all a mess, right? Now you got no stock options. Now you're like all over the place, not earning anything. (laughs) I'm thinking of investing now. Like you just, you kind of have to like understand yourself enough so that you can then communicate it to others so they can understand you. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that was a, that was a really good point. And then when you were speaking about harmony, I came to realize what's comp like, it's a matter of what's complementing yeah. you, right? What's complementing what you're after? Because if you're a wellness coach and you're out here with lack of sleep, you know, partying, drinking all the time, feeling like you're running on E, not taking care of yourself from a nutrition standpoint, from like a physical standpoint, from a mental standpoint, and then you're putting yourself out there to help others, then one thing or one part of your life is working against the other part of your life. And that's not harmony. Mm -hmm. Harmony is when they kind of flow with each other. It doesn't mean that you have to like, spend 50% of time on your self-care and then 50% of your time coaching others on self-care that number varies but like the fact that they actually like connect and this is funny I have this on my vision board I have this like, <laughs> and I love that because I it, that tells me that you because sometimes I'm just like sometimes I can go on tangents and be really wordy just trying to explain the point but you just rereading back to me makes me know that you understand what I was trying to say so thank yeah. you well it's not often that I have a wellness um educator coach on my podcast so I'm not going to waste the opportunity I want to dig into some teachable things about anger first so you mentioned you were really angry a few years ago people would consider you a more an angry person do you have any um, tips on healthy ways of dealing with anger now in retrospect? And this is one of those things where it kind of has to be, I'm going to share some maybe slightly generic tips or like a little bit of like what my process looks like. And 
that disclaimer that my process may not work for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but first thing I will say is that, again, based off of like my value system and my foundation, they, I, there's a scripture that talks about like being angry, but not sinning. So be angry, but sin not is what it says. And so uh, the first piece of it for me was to understand that um, it was okay for me to be angry. Like it's okay for you to be angry. Uh, it just depends on like what you do with that feeling or what you do after that feeling or through that, right? So for me, my when I'm feeling anger, I make sure that I take a moment to just breathe. If it's literally in a conversation, I just will not respond. I just take time to actually breathe through this. So that's me sitting through the emotion. What is the underlying like need or reason behind this anger here? Like what is happening that I either don't want to happen or what should be happening and isn't happening? Um, and then once I figure that out, then I, I'm able to understand like, okay, what do I need now in this process? And that really helps inform my response to that emotion or what this actually my response to the situation, not the emotion in itself. If it's literally in the middle of a conversation, I will ask for some time to like get, come back to the conversation or whatever have you so that I can go and reflect and do that work to be like, what just happened here? Like what, what didn't happen or what do I want to happen? All of that, what I said earlier. And so I either sit and think about it or I actually physically write it out. So So you say, so you're, so you're saying basically you have to realize that you're angry Mm -hmm. and somewhere within there, just be like, that's okay. Don't like beat up on yourself and then figure out what triggered the anger. Yeah. And then then do next, like decide how you react. Yeah. Yeah. Not react, respond. Because if you react, how you, oh, yeah, how you respond. Okay, exactly. Someone, I don't, I don't know if this is a, a like a fake deep thing, but it made sense to me. Someone talks about like um, responding, like it's like it. The root word is kind of similar with like responsibility. So you're like you're taking accountability for how you are going to like respond to a situation, right? There's a little bit more accountability and responsibility there where reaction is like, you are literally just taking action based off of someone emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so it's just like, that isn't always a good thing. Like you basically don't control, but when you respond, you're a little bit in more more control because you can only control yourself. You can't control what other people do or how they, how how they will react to your reaction. Right. And it's just this spiral. It's I've, I've heard that before, like respond, um, versus reacting. Um, I, it's funny I'm in an opposite position I'm very slow to anger and I'm prone to suppressing my anger um so in conversations I might not need to pause and breathe what I do need to figure out though is how to like identify when I'm angry not shame myself and immediately repress it mm-hmm. until later on where it's just, it pops off and it, you know it explodes so I need to figure out how to like identify in the moment more quickly when it's happening and decide how do I acknowledge that feeling and not make it small or make it go away yeah. um, because then I'm I'm also just neglecting myself in a way where I'm not actually addressing the angle and I'm allowing it to slowly build up to a point where I just feel out completely outside of control like yeah you know? And it really helps to do, uh, like, figure out these, like, what your actual steps are going to look like. So yeah. it's something for me to, like, share uh, a process. Like, I always talk about, like, this is a process, right? 
but it's another thing to actually plug in like what actually works for you like so like you said you basically just did that right now like I'm more like you said you're more so slow to anger so figuring out and and you plugged in those steps right and so mm -hmm. it helps to do that beforehand though before you get in those situations when in responding to people sometimes you have to communicate boundaries and always be communicating your boundaries um and and I say that in terms of like life is all about relationships and so there's always there's always rules for engagement whether spoken or unspoken and so it makes sense to actually like be again this is you taking the time to figure the things out beforehand um it makes sense to actually be clear on what like what your values are and what you're going to tolerate or not going to tolerate and so um you should always be communicating your boundaries in the sense that when you enter into a new quote-unquote relationship or like you like and i don't mean relationship in just strictly romantic any type of relationship platonic work whatever have you um there should always be some sort of conversation about boundaries of that particular relationship like you should always um have some sort of conversation about rules for rules for engagement it doesn't have to be super formal like these are my boundaries right but there should be some type of conversation when you should re-communicate your boundaries in case you weren't clear the first time or in case they're being crossed um is, is, is exactly what i just said when when your boundaries are being crossed over and over again then you should be communicating them and you should figure out how whether or not you were clear the first time you communicated them, but whether or not you allowed this person to constantly cross your boundaries. And um, so then now they just don't realize that there are any boundaries. So that's, a, that's a, a time where you should be communicating your boundaries again and being trying to be more clear um, the next time that you do speak on those things. Yeah, I have, okay. Disclaimer, I have two more questions. I'm looking at the time. Do you have to jump or should I? we can get through the questions okay yeah cool i read recently that not asking for what you want is a trauma response and i felt like i felt that so deeply what are four ways to effectively communicate your boundaries to somebody yeah so the first thing i mentioned earlier was to understand what your values are like you need to be really clear on like these are things that I value. This is like what my like belief system or my value system is. You need to have some sort of foundation, whatever that is. So cool. you need to be clear on that. Based off of your values, then you need to be clear on what are your again, I mentioned earlier, what are what do you what are your non-negotiables? What are you going to tolerate or not going to tolerate? And then the third thing needs to be what are you going to do when those when um something happens that you do not tolerate like what is your process going to look like right and then the fourth thing is actually having that conversation the the conversation about okay explaining what and and that can look a plethora of ways like explaining what your actual boundaries are and so for me um it's a matter of like understanding what type of relationship i have with this person to begin with and knowing myself and knowing them enough to decide how i'm going to bring it up one quick example was with a coworker where I was simply like pulled them to the side after the long after the situation happened, pulled them to the side and I was like, hey, I just so you know, I respond better when you ask me a question as opposed to telling me what to do in the moment. 
just a heads up, like in case you like want me to do something and, and I don't respond to you, it's most likely because it wasn't asked, it was more so like do this. Um, and so the person's like, oh, thank you so much for letting me know. I didn't realize I was, I was doing that. And so that was the conversation, right? It's a quick way to like communicate my boundaries. And I knew I, I knew I, I was in a space to do that because of the way this person was responding to me. I knew he would take it in a way that wasn't like, why can't I tell you what to do type thing? I just knew it wouldn't escalate, right? Based off, and then, and then I didn't do it in a moment where he was telling me to do something. I did what he asked me to do. Um, and even then I said, ask, because again, that's how my brain um, receives information. It's a ask. And then I have the choice to say whether I can or cannot do it, as opposed to you saying, do this thing. And I don't really have a choice in the matter. Right. And so, yeah, it's just understanding like, what is, what is the thing here that I'm trying to communicate? And it's not so much, I don't want to listen to you. It's just my brain literally will process information. If you ask me to do it versus tell me. Like I'm more likely to do it without like feeling some type of way or like being aggressive or giving you attitude. And I didn't need to go into all that spiel, but the way that I communicated it to him, it was clear, at least in his response. I don't know if he was feeling some type of way about it. That's, that's his problem <laughs> beyond that. But again, I was able to communicate that. And so, um, yeah, just really understanding that relationship with that person really helps you communicate that boundary. I love that. And like, even when you did give me that example and you, you also mentioned some like things to keep in mind when approaching it, because it can be pretty daunting, especially if you're concerned that you will cause conflict and you're a conflict avoider. If that's your natural personality, then doing something like that can be very, very scary. Um, and so the, the things that you mentioned at the time, um, give me now were one, don't people please. In this moment, you can't be too focused on that. People pleasing. Two, don't always try and keep the peace. <laughs> Which I was like, okay, for your non-conflict lovers, that's like, <gasps> <laughs> say what? Sometimes you can't control it. Like you literally, like you will do your best, and then still there won't be there still won't be peace. So yeah, don't stress. The third thing you said was, um, keeping it pent up is exhausting. Which is very true yeah Very and it doesn't, like they won't care about it like they they will forget the moments where your boundary was crossed they won't even know and so you're just keeping it in there and it's just like you're just you're just angry or you're upset or you're feeling some type of way for like no reason technically because nothing is to be done about it at that point if you're not going to communicate yep. yep i know i said four but i can't remember the fourth one <laughs> So there you go. Three is a great number, by the way. So I'm just going to leave it there. I have to remind myself not to play martyr for folks because I'm always putting other people like in, in not first, but in perspective of like, how is what I'm doing going to affect other people? Like I'm literally always thinking about people. And so yeah. when I was younger, the reason why I would be recluse or like I wanted to learn a little bit more about myself is not just because like I don't want to be in this circumstance so that I want, I want to be in this other circumstances. Like, how can I become, how can I be a better daughter? So that like, when, when I ask for what I need, they are also getting what they need. Right. How can I become a better sister? So that when I, like I say, I want to feel this around my sister. I want my sisters to do these things for me. It's a no brainer because I'm already doing these things for them. Like I literally am always thinking about other people. Mm -hmm. And so, um, as I was growing into like, getting language around what I was doing and self-care and wellness and going through my own education when it came to those pieces I was like 
one of the things that really was missing for me was that community to learn these things with and to grow with, right? Because again, people in my life at the time didn't understand what I was doing. And so what is it, I was like, what does it look like to build community and practice self-care in community so that I can really drive home the point that self-care isn't a selfish thing, no matter what it looks like. I mean, there's a fine line. It, could, it can become selfish, but just the idea that like, self-care is community care because that saying it takes a village or whatever, you are a part of that village. You are a part of the community. So it makes sense for you to take care of yourself so that you can be that village for other people as well, right? And so um, when I started to come into that, I, I realized that like that is what the next step needed to look like um, to really establish what it looks like to like practice self-care, be an example for other people, how to practice self-care. And now that we're all doing it as a community, this is a healthy and whole community now because we each each individual person knows what they need to take care of themselves and they're able to communicate that uh, to the immediate people around them. And it's, it becomes this like healthy community of folks. And so that was really like the idea around um, Ebony Girls Obsession EGO Initiative is to really connect with other groups of people, bring women together to practice self-care and community and really hold each other accountable to that as well. Don't fall for the okie doke. <laughs> fall for the okie doke. Um, we don't want that. We don't want to do that. That's no. awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This was a great conversation.